I'm Max. Jim. I'm Avery. And this is Topic Lords, the only place uh, you, you threw, threw me for a loop there. <laughs> Can you say my line? Because I don't remember it. I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet where you can hear topics discussed. Good. Now I'm the one who gets to hear it as disgust. (laughs) Where you can hear topics discussed. (laughs) Max, something. (laughs) You've been on this show before. Just do the thing. I'm Max, and I'm a tinkerer in Seattle. I plug the video game Unpacking. You don't have to have a lot of video game literacy to play it. Uh, it's uh, really enjoyable, uh, and it's a very interesting experience that if you've ever moved, will find relatable, but not as stressful as as the real moving. But if you're sessile, if you have just stayed rooted to the spot, then you will not find it uh, relatable. It will not be relatable at all. Yeah. You also probably, it won't be relatable if you, it seems like you will need to have been a child for the, like, sometime in the like 80s to 90s range (laughs) okay all right perfect i just helped a friend move and this friend of mine uh way back when had this idea and this idea was that he wanted to make a company that made uh furniture out of 3d tetris blocks now maybe this sounds like a good idea to me at the time it did not sound like a good idea but he went ahead and he got some company to manufacture two of these things which are giant 3D Tetris blocks that can fit together into huge cubes. And so his furniture in his house, he's never going to listen to this. His furniture in his house with his now ex-wife, go figure, uh, was made of these, (laughs) (laughs) of these 3D Tetris blocks. And like he, his bed was made of them. And also like he would get up in the morning and then disassemble his bed and turn it into a chair. And anyway, so like he, called a bunch of his friends to help him move. And we're moving these like huge unwieldy Tetris blocks. It felt like a terrible moving experience, but a good video game where like you're moving, you know, like it's Tetris, but you're, you're moving. And then you've got to put the Tetris things back together and like get around corners and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This friend sounds a lot like I've known people like this who just like decide that the world should be a certain way. Yes. And then they act as if it is. (laughs) that's a very good way to put it you're like you know nobody actually really wants to have to disassemble their furniture and reassemble it like no one wants to solve a logic puzzle in order to be able to sit down right i respect that though i feel like (laughs) that's a lot of like restaurant owners that i've i've met i like the people who like reinvent tetris you're like all right i have a whole world that i'm gonna make this way oh yeah well, the person I'm thinking of didn't doesn't actually bother making the world that way. They just act as if it does work that way, and then um, they complain when it doesn't work out. Yeah. I feel very much like when I owned a coffee shop, I was like that, where I was like, I'm just going to make the world, like, impose an idea on the world. And a few people responded, but not enough people. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my hometown, there was this shop uh, run by this woman named Thayer uh, called... Um, just frogs toads too uh and (laughs) she she loves frogs and uh it was just like i'll have a frog themed shop uh and i was like is that sustainable and it's like in the long term no but it did exist for a while and it was just like they sold live frogs and all of these like frog themed merchandise and gummy frogs and uh you could host frog themed parties there and i had my 
eighth birthday party there, frog themed, <laughs> and all this frog themed stuff there. And then eventually she closed, but then uh, it reopened as a nonprofit that was a frog rescue. Oh, but the trouble is that there's not enough frogs that need rescuing. Uh, but there is a lot of turtles in my area that need rescuing. Uh, so uh, I volunteered there for a little while, and the private joke uh, was that it was like just frogs, toads too. And then the secret third line of mostly turtles. <laughs> Did she add the and toads to like expand when she was like, uh, just frogs isn't cutting it. Like I need to, I need to expand my base. This, is not, this isn't sustainable. I think so. <laughs> Controversial move of adding a toad. <laughs> wow. I think it was just frogs when it was a business she ran out of her van. And then when she got a retail location, <laughs> it became toads too it was successful enough to get a retail location that's impressive yeah just the idea of running a frog based catch-all business out of your van is amazing yeah she's a very joyful person but also a very intense person who's like needs the world to be in this way yeah i can imagine lives all about frogs toads too and mostly turtles secretly <laughs> mostly turtles mostly turtles uh and avery did I already ask you to introduce yourself? I can't remember. No, I don't think you did. Um, I was all prepared to introduce myself as you until you called me out as me. <laughs> all right. And Jim, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? I'm Jim Sterndancer. I'm the author of uh, the Frog Fractions games. That is Frog Fractions 1, Frog Fractions 2, Revenge of the Fallen, and Frog Fractions 3, Dark of the Moon. I'm also the author of uh bonfire of the vanities in in fine booksellers everywhere oh i haven't read that is it good yeah it's award-winning actually <laughs> i think it might have won the pulitzer and be, been made into a movie yeah, i haven't read it huh? <laughs> it's too bad yeah no i know i never read any books that get any of my books that get adapted <laughs> into movies <laughs> i guess that's true <laughs> Are we ready to start on some topics? Yeah. Yes. Avery, your topic is change ringing. All right. Well, luckily, I'm very prepared for this topic. Oh, excellent. Uh, so change ringing is um, a medieval kind of, it's kind of like halfway between a sport and and art. It is people. Smart. <laughs> it is people playing church bells but it's so you get a group of people and um in a cathedral you've got these church bells with like ropes hanging down and a group will do sort of a call and response pattern where they will time bell ringing off of each other and there are also uh hand bells that people use for change ringing and that actually is quite pretty uh and then there is a version of change ringing called method ringing where people attempt to create uh, longer and longer non-repeating patterns out of the bells that are available to them. So for instance, a church might have eight bells. If you're clever with your mathematics, if you have like eight bells and uh, eight people to play these bells, you can come up with an extremely long non-repeating pattern for those bells. And the effect is... Uh, sometimes beautiful and sometimes absolutely maddening because church bells already have a bunch of overtones. And right. then when there's a bunch of church bells all playing and there's no, there's no pattern to grab no on discernible to. pattern. Right. It's just like, what, what is even, 
it's like is this is this music (laughs) is the pattern that there is no pattern (laughs) is is this is this the game what's happening yeah it's like the music that plays when you when you're losing your mind but again handheld stuff is really can still be really pretty i think it's the like overtones and the the length of decay of the church bells that are really 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 push it beyond the pale yeah i so i um at one point found a youtube video of a performance of john cage's as slow as possible but as fast as possible (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't actually delve into the technical details of it but what what it sounded like to me was that each note was exactly enough like waveform cycles to be able to tell what note it is. Wow. That's like right on and that's that's right on the the like uncertainty boundary. <laughs> right. Right. It was just I think it was just like two cycles of each waveform, no matter what the frequency was. And so it was over in like 12 seconds or something like that. Wow. And I think this would be a much more listenable a way to do change ringing than with bells just like two cycles of sine waves instead <laughs> yeah uh do you know about well this is gonna like immediately take us off topic do you know about the as long as possible in at the john cage society in germany i have heard of this yeah 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 like do you know if they actually have people holding the note like that switch out or do they like just put bricks on to, on the note I assume it's people that hold the note for 24 hours and have to like shift out in cycles of eight. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think that they have a weight that they put on the thing, but it would be, it'd be really awesome if like there was a, there this is, is a... my day job, like eight hours a day, five days a week. I hold C sharp <laughs> on this organ. <laughs> it's like those weird competitions of like, keep touching this car for as long as possible yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. the winner gets a church job. organ <laughs> there's a church organ like it um i i saw this recently that in in san francisco they're trying to give away a church organ like there's by they i mean like some organization that has it in storage there's like photos of it and it's like 40 feet high the pipes are like literally the you know how the, the pipes say 32 feet on them they're actually 32 foot pipes um, and then like, it's as wide as you would imagine. And they're like free to a good home. If you can provide a place for this organ that will, um, you know, maintain its status as like a, a, a heritage of like an heirloom that, that we want to maintain the existence of, you can have it for free. There is a time in my life where I would have, I lived in a warehouse in San Francisco. I would have tried to talk. Was the ceiling 32? 32- <laughs> 32 feet it might have been it might have been able to to fit uh the largest pipes you could in put there. It diagonally oh man could you imagine and it would like shatter all the window like it would be really like it would be like <laughs> being inside the walls of a church yeah, organ. you would just you'd play a note and the whole building would catch on fire <laughs> <laughs> that does like trying to get rid of a church organ does feel like the ultimate version of like how pianos are always free like you can always find free pianos online right yeah Yeah. like local giveaway church organs like the massive version of that we first moved into that warehouse our neighbor foisted a piano on us which we didn't need because we had a grand piano in the warehouse it was my band initially that moved in there and a neighbor was like doing some kind of remodeling or something he's like can you guys watch my upright piano for a few days and we're like sure and then (laughs) (laughs) that neighbor disappeared and he disappeared 
for good. Like he left. And at some point, one of his friends came and asked us if we had seen him because they were worried about him. Oh, and then no, but here's his piano. Yeah. We were like, can you take his piano? And they were like, who, who, no one takes a piano. And then like, like the spot next to us, the warehouse spot next to us, like sold. I don't remember how he got out without us knowing, but like he moved out. And then years later, one of my bandmates ran into him in San Francisco and was like, are you going to take your fucking piano back from, from us? And he was like, oh yeah, sure. And he showed up at our place and he took the piano and he pushed it over the course of a few hours down the street. We lived in an alleyway to like the corner <laughs> and then he was gone and the piano was there in the corner. And then the next day the piano was gone. This happened to me with a mattress. <laughs> Did I tell you this? Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think I was on that episode of, <laughs> of Topic Piano Wars. was much better though. I don't know. The mattress, mattress story is pretty cool. Oh, no. No, you don't have to. You don't no, have to. <laughs> the mattress is great. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Avery. <laughs> Tell me this. Does this warehouse fully open warehouse? Oh, it was divided. Yeah, we so initially it was since the 70s. It was the photography studio of the father of one of my bandmates. And he had made it. So there's like one big central open space where he took. He was a commercial photographer where he took photographs. That's what people call it. And there was like a loft where this bandmate, like all of his siblings had circulated through living in this loft because it was sort of like. You could live on your own, but your parents were still close by because they would. And there was an office that both of his parents had in in this place when he gave it up because he couldn't pay rent anymore because one of his big clients severed a contract. The band had been practicing there because there were a lot of us. There were seven of us. And we took it over and like built a bunch of our own rooms and like rewired the electricity in the place. I can say this now because I think all of us, no, none of us are on the lease anymore. We had a bunch of like... <laughs> illegal stuff but uh, an another bandmate father was a contractor so we did it all to 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 spec but mm. like we didn't pull any permits cuz it, it probably would have been rejected and also it would have taken a long time and also the the property manager had not been there since like the 80s <laughs> and so we built like i lived in my own room yeah, that, that place was definitely not zoned for habitation no no there was in fact the property manager came in once to like replace the toilets and we had to like scramble and like my my bed was in a little alcove and i had to like cover my bed with stuff and be like yep this is a recording studio <laughs> and <laughs> they have beds in recording studios sometimes it's a chill zone only the cool recording studios yeah <laughs> put a microphone right above your pillow <laughs> we do a very we record sleep music <laughs> <laughs> we practice so much so our <laughs> our voices so we can sleep and we just plug our instruments in our sleep and that's why there are beds for at least seven people in here yeah. 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 It's a whole sleep band. And then there was this big open space that was decorated with like, there was a huge skull and there was like a whalebone, like an actual yeah. whalebone, <laughs> tables hanging from the ceiling, like walls covered with instruments. People would file in and make video games. Wow. Yeah. We had real human brains there for, I mean, real, real human brains in jars. We also had real human brains and skulls. Uh, and then we'd have also, we had, music performances there at least for when it was at its peak it was like once or twice a month because some fan of the band had given us a sound system for a theater so we had like giant subwoofers that were the size of washing machines and stuff overkill perfect place for 35 foot <laughs> pipes right yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> it would have fit in perfectly with with the rest of the junk at that warehouse. Yes. You play your pipe organ dramatically and you like hold one of the brains in a jar and you like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Yep. <laughs> I yeah, I held one of those brains and I had like a full blown existential crisis and had to just like put it like I looked at it for a little bit and then was like, this was someone Someone, someone's going to hold my brain like this someday. (laughs) Only if I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Someday I, too, will be committed to a mental institution and my brain will be taken for study. And then some stupid artists will steal my brain from when the mental institution is abandoned. It'll slide over and over again down the whale rib. (laughs) <laughs> they'll try to hit a target with it <laughs> uh, my afterlife is gonna be so exciting are we uh, ready for another topic i want to jump back to the original topic really quick oh yes we were just talking about change ringing yeah uh which i'm very very glad that avery mentioned uh because i did not know what this was but it turns out that i've experienced it and apparently at my university there was there is a change ringing club. Oh, yeah. They even call it that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would experience this every time. Uh, there would just be like in the middle of this like regal square. It would just be this like chaos sound of bells. Right. So is this improvised patternlessness or do they plan it out? Oh, they plan it out. Yeah. Yeah. They, pl- um, they plan it out because they want to be able to say that they have like the longest non-repeating thing that anyone's ever done. Okay. All yeah. Right. And you can see like my school's website setup of it. It's like uh, these bells with like a huge pendulous weight ring on it or something. I'm really into this web design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I'm so surprised that it was this few bells actually, because hearing it in person, it sounded like maybe infinite bells. It right. was so... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, chaotic. And I'm really fascinated because apparently uh, one of the major proponents of this uh, change ringing club uh, passed away last year. And it it sounds like they did a memorial ringing. And I'm so interested in the fact that a memorial ringing is uh, half muffled, they say. Uh, oh, whoa. And that's a really interesting custom to me. Yeah. I wonder what the, I wonder what muffled, those muffled bells sound like. Yeah. We hope the bells will ring in his memory. I, I really, I, almost, I thought it said, we hope the bells will ring in his memorial for many, many years. And I was like, see, they came up with a pattern that'll take years to complete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the bells are muffled because they're, the sound is coming from the inside of the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'm going to do a Topic Lords investigation and join this uh, secretly and infiltrate this change ringing club. See what I oh can Oh my gosh find out yes yes go <laughs> go go undercover Topic lords on scene reporter i'm still in seattle so i can well you're an alumni right you can be like i've always wanted to find out what the hell you were doing in there <laughs> i've always yeah. wanted to find out why the bells didn't seem to be ringing at the hour but instead seemed to have gone completely insane most of the practices use a simulator system and are not audible outside the tower <laughs> <laughs> So the ones that you heard, they were like, people just have to hear this. Typically, Friday evenings is when they ring the bells from 8.30 to 9 p.m. And so I would just be like dazed walking off my job. And then I would like be crossing uh, the square and I would just be like, what is happening? Like, who is, (laughs) do they just free let 
people ring the bells at this time? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a line of people each pulling in one. No, no, you can't just let anybody bring the bells. They're going to ring it in a pattern. Yeah. Bell ringing machine. It's called a sampler. <laughs> Max, it would be so awesome if you became like the first uh, investigative reporter for <laughs> for topic. Yeah, yeah. on the scene, re- <laughs> yeah. recording live on like while the change ringing event is happening and you're un- uncovering the the dar- dirty secrets behind it. Wow. Oh, that's very cool. It's made of like it's both types of Legos that you can move. I forget what they're called. Kinetics. Oh, connects Legos. It's like a geared mechanism to ring these bells. Cool. God, I love gears. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Yes. Uh, yeah. Max, your topic is the difference between American and Japanese robotics teams. Yeah. So I've I've lived and mostly gone to school in America, but I've I've been in Japan and been in Japanese schools. And both places I've been in proximity to a robotics team. And I've also like seen lots of videos online. Uh, and I started my high school robotics team in the US. And the tone of the major like robotics club groups in the two different places is so different. Both places, there's like national uh, associations where it's like they will issue a challenge and you're trying to build a robot for that year that meets that challenge. But functionally, all of the US challenge ones are like have the robots compete in some sort of team competition sports. The The big organization is called FIRST, uh, which is an acronym, and I can't remember any of what it stands for. And it's like these big kind of just sort of a remote control setup, but with some automation to it. And it's intended to like pick up a ball and throw it or like different years, there's different challenges, but there's some sort of contrived sport that like they uh, are meant to compete in. But the Japanese ones, like they're very specific leagues that go over many years and they're like real precise and and like a more honed down type of challenge. Like there's um, micro sumo where it's uh, these like competitions where it's two robots and they're very small and they're like articulated uh, humanoid robots and you're pre-programming them to fight each other in this way of that they're like inhumanly fast of course and they could like flip each other and it's sumo rules where it's like you try and get the other person onto their back or out of the ring and they're just so much more fun and I don't understand for a long time like I was like why are the Japanese ones so much more fun and it turns out that the American ones are mostly like they're mostly sponsored by large engineering businesses and trying to like prepare students for like working at Boeing or like working in like military spec. And the Japanese ones are mostly uh, just like they're manga artists trying to bring their creations to life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but can I ask you about, okay. So like I started nodding really hard when you said robot sumo, because I've been watching these things on YouTube and I assume it's robot sumo because, but like it's all in Japanese. Yeah. But they don't look like humans. They look like printers or something. Uh, and they're like two or three different styles of them. And they have little wheels. And somebody yells, I assume, go. I don't speak Japanese. And then they just smash into each other really hard. And it, one will force the other out of the ring. 
and it'll win. And that's like the and the it lasts for like 10 seconds. Um, but they but they're not humanoid. They're like uh they're like little tiny little they look like toasters or 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 old or laser jet printers or something like that. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. That's sorry, uh that's the more common one that's like robot sumo is the bigger one. The one that I happened to be on as a kid was like the humanoid one, but you're totally right. That's the like that's the more um that's also micro just... and macro sumo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, I assumed it was sumo, but because like, it's all, all the content I've ever found is in Japanese. I've just been like uh, reverse engineering what's supposed to be happening. And oh man, it's, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Because it, it, it happens so quickly. You could watch like 50 matches in a, in a super cut in like, in like, you know, a few minutes. Yeah. My favorite thing is like fan edits that are very like pro gamer style that are just like <laughs> showing the best moves. <laughs> Because some of them are like very quick where they'll do moves of like they're ramming into the front of this other robot and then they just like quickly reverse and then go around the entire other robot and then they're just suddenly behind it in like less than a second and yeah. then shove it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. There's like some spectacular ones where one will just fall apart spontaneously. <laughs> uh, I, I watched a supercut and it was a bunch of stuff like that. And then there's one where one robot moves out of the way and the other one just shoots off the canvas. <laughs> yeah. And it, those seem like, those seem really uh, like, are, are they building them from a kit or like where, where, where are people getting their hands on the raw materials to make these things? Well, you start with a printer from the eighties. <laughs> how do they get the raw materials for these things? I think there's a few, there's like default kits and then like default brands of, of like motors and things. Uh, and I think there's, you know, specific specs for the different like leagues and things. But overall, I, I have a friend who I forget if his was in the like official league or whatever, but he just built it with like off the shelf components from like Arduino and then just like bought the right motors. But I think there's specific specs on like there's micro ones that are like the size of your like fits in your palm. And then there's like a one kilogram bouts that are like small printer toaster sized or whatever. It strikes me as like really different from what you're describing with with school robotics clubs in America. Also, because there's like a pre-existing robot sport that like Japanese kids can can like make their, you know, their fighting toaster for the for the special fighting toaster league. Yeah. To me, the Japanese one's more fun because it's like. I think it, I guess it's just a different kind of challenge because here I sent a link um, to the American League, like first FRC challenge. And it's I get that the thing is that like every year it's a different challenge and you're building a different robot versus uh, the Japanese ones where it's like a, a much smaller iteration. And you're just like trying to keep going with like making it a sport of this thing. So. I feel like you you have to be into the really specific sport of these robots for the Japanese one versus like the American League, which is like trying to recruit and trying to be like here this year is like a new challenge, a fresh thing to try and do. This looks like Robot Wars. Battlebots? Battlebots. That was it. Wait, Robot Wars is the movie. No, that's what's the movie where they robot jocks. Yep, that's the one <laughs> Robot jocks. where war has been outlawed. And so now you can't. You can't have war because you'll go to jail. And so now it's just robot jocks fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. The American one, they don't hit each other. Also, they have little bumpers. Yeah, that's. Oh, but except bumpers are deadly in America. Yeah. Bumpers what? kill people. 
What? Oh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm talking about cars. Oh, yes. Well, these have pool noodle bumpers. On these. Get, they get bigger and bigger and bigger until you just get sucked under the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> and then they can't see. It's a bumper. Right. I have no idea what the game is supposed to be in this one, but there appears to be there's like yellow cones and it looks like maybe they're playing capture the flag with their robots. You can look up like every year has an announcement of the challenge, but yeah, it's always these like weird sports and it's always kind of the same actually. Also, it's it's just like a big, maybe like three feet by two feet robot chassis with like an arm or something on top. Yeah, I agree. The Japanese one seems a lot more fun. Yeah. To be fair, there's like, there's a whole league of like actual adults for the the Japanese one as well. Right. Yeah. It seems like Japanese culture is very good at specializing in things. And so if you, if you hand Japanese people a way to uh, make robots fight in an incredibly specialized way, (laughs) (laughs) just they'll do it really well and everyone will get really into it. I think it's a, it's one of those that's like, it's not that everyone's really into it, but it's just like, there's a, a higher value on a separation between like work and life in Japan mm. where you like what you do in your off time is like of no consequence to your work. And I think there's like, there's a lot more readily accessible things for hobbies. Like department store will have like uh, a few floors for clothes and then like a full floor for like stationery and then a full floor for like model making and, and hobby supplies. And there's a lot more of like default access to having hobbies in this way without an assumption that you're like going to make any sort of money or anything for anyone else off of it. Right. That's true. I've never heard it put that way. I grew up next to a Japanese supermarket. And one thing that me and my friends did was go to they they had like a whole it's still there and it's like twice the size that it used to be. And they have like an entire annex in this supermarket for like model building kits Mm. Uh, and we used to buy like, like Gundam models and then never put them together. <laughs> Just have like plastic robot heads and stuff lying around. Yeah. This mm. was, this was also what I did with models. <laughs> I didn't have the skill or know how to, to assemble them. That was also my experience as a kid where I think I saved up and I bought one. And then the fact that it didn't come together like Legos and you had to glue it. Yeah. And there's way more parts. And I was like, well, no, I want things that click together. And then I want to try and <laughs> click them together wrong. <laughs> I think I just wanted it to be what was already like what was on the box. Like I just mm. wanted a Gundam toy. <laughs> <laughs> Another version of like uh, Japanese robot competition that's fun is like it. the robot looks pretty similar to these, but it's um, micro mouse competitions where it's like a mouse uh, navigating a maze, but a robot. And they optimize the like the navigation of the path and like how it turns to be the fastest to reach the center of the maze. Oh yeah, oh, because I've seen that, and I and I've wondered actually how they do that, like how they make it so fast, like if they know the maze ahead of time or like what what is the strategy? Because it seems like I've seen a bunch of them, and it seems like they never get like lost in a thing. It seems like they always go straight to the straight to the center of the maze. Yeah, they do know the maze ahead of time. They're like okay. not not ahead of time, but like it's not like the robot itself has to navigate the maze. The challenge is more and it's not a maze where it's there's a linear single path into the maze. There's multiple ways to enter, like to go to the middle of it. Um uh. and uh the like major innovations of the years, there's been like one of the things that because they look 
they look insanely fast in this way that does not make sense. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, one of the things that allows them to do that is that there is a suction on the bottom and they are, they are physically like gripping the ground as they go. So that way they can, uh, not lift off at all. And then they can like that they can pivot turn in ways that would be much harder if they, if they were just like rolling along. And then if they, they have to like stop and uh slow to a stop these ones can just like stop their wheels and then because they're like suctioned to the ground they will they've got stop. like a inverted helicopter happening there yeah yeah <laughs> wow wow can they go on the walls <laughs> yeah yeah they can like hang upside down and stuff wow i was impressed before but i feel like they're really missing out on on the opportunity to make it a three-dimensional maze with a with mice that can crawl on the walls and the ceilings yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I recommend the compilations of Micro Mouse. If you look up full size or half size Micro Mouse competitions, are we uh, ready for another topic? Yeah, sure. Uh, my topic is Fun Rugs, Fun Time Shape Com FTS One Sixty Three Multi Area Rug, uh, and this is a rug for sale at RugStudio.com. Uh, you may have seen this elsewhere on the web, but this is where I was able to find it most recently, and it is a rug covered with keywords from the 90s internet so there's just a big at symbol there's the words isp server ram cgi http colon slash slash www dot dot com there's all sorts of uh just internet keywords that you might yes i i will look at this rug and be reminded of the internet have you read the description i'm just now reading the description of the rug from the Go website ahead and that read you sent it us. to the listeners. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Fun Rugs Fun Time Shape Com FTS 163 Multi Area Rug. This line by Fun Rugs is made with the teen spirit in mind. From funny text slangs to modern designs, these are rugs. Nope. Yes, these are rugs are sure to be a hit. Right? That's what it says. That's these are rugs says. are sure to be. Okay. These are rugs are sure to be a hit. Impress your teens. <clears throat> Impress your teens with your sense of trendy style when you bring this rug into their room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good poem. I like a, I think this is a good poem for the episode. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't need to do a poem anymore. Um, so I own this rug. <laughs> yeah. What? I thought you were joking, really? No, no, it's on the floor in my room. It's covered in stuff right now, so I can't. Oh like, my gosh! Uh, and you, you and you can't prove it because you're um, you've got background removal, and it doesn't look like the human face. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, some info is it's also the type of rug it is is like. Um, do you know those kids' rugs that have like uh, a city on it, and there's like a road, so you could run a little toy car around yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's that texture of rug. This is made to be in a child's room. So you really are trying to impress <laughs> your teens. Yeah, or like younger. <laughs> right. Jim, you should totally get this. Like, you got to get your you kid get into this the... For Winston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Winston needs to know about CGI. <laughs> and it's got the on-off button, but it's sort of slightly coming out of the orange border that it's in. <laughs> You know, and it's like piled up in the same style as like old pop-up ads would pile up on a screen if you just yes. let them. Yeah. It's very good. It also reminds me of um obviously like inspired by the same era, but it reminds me of uh 
who's that guy that made like history of the world and history of Japan, but also lots of vines? Do either of you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Don't. Um, listener, you know. It's... Shout it out right now. Shout it out. Oh, Call thank us. you, listener. It's great that we know. <laughs> now, now we all know. Now we all know. But yeah, I really enjoy this rug and it makes me so happy. And it was like the largest purchase that I had uh, at the time of my life that I got it. Because <laughs> it was like, it's $87 for not that big of a rug. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, but the value this rug yeah. will last a lifetime yeah <laughs> it has 4.86 out of 5 stars with 3158 reviews so you're not alone for liking this rug I think that's just for the website itself it, <laughs> it's also possible that rugstudio.com just made those numbers up yeah it also says be the first to review this item <laughs> the first um, review says Beth was excited there was no wait for chat. She answered my questions fully, was polite and professional. And it was a great customer. Oh, it's oh, it's customer service. Never mind. I thought it was for a completely different like chat thing. <laughs> <laughs> Although the worst experience I've had with this rug was uh, one time, uh, like a roommate's friend was looking around and um, at my old place, I had like an office, but the like only bathroom in this house was through my office so everyone just had to walk through my office and she was like looking at my rug and she was like oh my uh my brother's really into computers too in this way that it was like very sincere and i was like no no stop please this is an ironic rug (laughs) this is not how you're supposed to be bonding with me about this rug yeah (laughs) you're supposed to bond about how funny it is (laughs) It makes sense that you could see, I was impressed that you saw the like really thin USB, the blue USB over the green from that thumbnail, but you're actually just looking at the real rug. Yeah, no, I have, I have it on the physical rug. In all its glory. As a rug, it's very easy to clean. Uh, you know, good for your kid's room. Bond with your child about RAM, ISP server, dot doc. <laughs> uh, here, teens, dot text, CGI. Like- my favorite part is the HTTP colon slash slash www dot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like very close to the border of the rug. So it looks like there may have been an entire HTML ad- or an entire HTTP address that's being cut off at the end of the rug. But there's enough gap there. There's like at least a space that, you know, it's like probably not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's perfect. This is the perfect rug. <laughs> it's got that border. And and it's it's got just the right number of these weird little squares overlapping the border. If I ever become uh, wealthy and I can commission a rug maker, I want them <laughs> to scale up this rug for me. <laughs> my only critique is that it's quite small. Oh, imagine getting like a venerable, like old, like Persian rug shop to reproduce this for you in yes. as high quality as possible, with like original dyes and stuff yeah, like that. I want the illuminated yeah. manuscript version of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I just I just placed this order. I I bought it at rugstudio.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> Winston is going to be so comfortable with the new information age that we're about to enter. <laughs> and I'm not at all sure this this is a real website. Like, I, I bought mine from from Macy's. Uh so I don't know but <laughs> Yeah. Rug Studio has been around since 1930, it says. Yeah, that, that's uh ancient. 
also says copyright 1988 to 2023 rug studio wow it's an early internet pioneer them and not and what was it balls.com just... like early <laughs> early <laughs> are, online are you thinking of zombocom no well always but no there's a <laughs> there's a site that's still out there called balls.com that just sells all different kinds of balls for like any ball sport that you would want oh balls.com balls.com i've been looking to where to buy balls yeah but is it still there balls.com i just like uh duck duck goad balls there's also nuts.com which is a fantastic place to buy nuts and other bulk items and other bulk items <laughs> i like that as a defining feature of what a nut is is like something you buy in bulk yeah, we can, you can get uh, tapioca pearls for seven bucks a pound at nuts.com <laughs> <laughs> It makes me want to get a lot of pounds of tapioca pearls. Yeah, there's still a uh, there was a shortage, and so there's a limit at my local store where you they're like it's a limit of one kilogram per customer. Wait, they sell them just you can just buy them like in bulk at a at a grocery store. Yeah, yeah, they're like vacuum packed into a, a thing, and they they don't look like how they're in a drink. They're they're kind of whitish, but. A long time ago, I worked at a coffee shop, like a long time ago, I worked at a coffee shop where they had uh, bubble tea. And one of my opening tasks was to like take a rice cooker and like bring the the bubbles, the tapioca balls to life in the rice cooker. Mm. And then nobody bought bubble tea from this coffee shop. So then one of my, I would often work double shifts and I would close as well as open. <laughs> so uh -huh. I would see the entire life cycle of these tapioca balls. It's actually a ritual. They're not for sale. You would eat them yourself. You just you just <laughs> pick up the you pick up the rice cooker, you guzzle every tapioca pearl. And you do that instead of eating dinner that day. <laughs> I like that. I like the idea that it's a ritual. Like this is our sacrifice every day to keep the to keep the customers coming. <laughs> to sacrifice a kilogram they just do this instead of paying you there's also a cot <laughs> in the back <laughs> i think what you should have there's a an a reality in which you got like uh very successful on the internet and your your viral sensation is like every day you would just dispose of these boba in different ways where you like flush them all down a toilet <laughs> or like squish them all like hydraulic press all these boba together <laughs> I become famous. I become internet famous as that guy that ate so many boba pearls that eventually he like had to go to the hospital and have intestinal blockage removed. They just come in and leave as boba pearls. Are these the kind of boba pearls that don't get they they just build up in your intestines? I just figure if you eat enough of them, they'll do that. Like they're very thick. Did you secretly work in a marble factory, but you thought it was boba? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Avery, how many put, times have we told you to stop put putting the marbles in the rice cooker? <laughs> I mean, that is how you make marbles, right? Like you take the dehydrated marbles, you put yeah, them right. in a rice yes. cooker, and then they're good to go. And nobody knows where the dehydrated marbles come from. They just they come from space. <laughs> Ours is not but to but to ask why we just take the marbles. I just show up. I punch the clock. I put the marbles in the rice cooker. I send the marbles <laughs> around those little tracks. And you make millions of dollars from YouTube, from your, from your TikToks about <laughs> I'm, how I'm... you dispose of these marbles. <laughs> and you can never quit your job because then you would lose your source of marble videos. Yeah. And then I have to keep being more and more, doing more and more extreme kinds of marble videos. 
that is a weird genre of like YouTube people and like uh, I guess just viral video people who are like their shtick is connected to their relatively low paying job. Right. And so they're like achieving success, but they're like, I can't move beyond the success because it's tied to the thing I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm the pizza delivery guy that everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but consider that like, you know, if you're flipping burgers for a living, I would flip burgers for a living for millions of dollars a year. Yeah. That's I would, true. That seems like fair compensation. If I got enough money a year, I would go back to being a barista. It was a job I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, you seem to be into it. Although I do have anxiety dreams all the time about my coffee shop. Not the boba coffee shop. That was not anxiety producing because I didn't own that coffee shop. But I have anxiety dreams all the time. That but, like, Imagine if you weren't trying to like, if you weren't working seven days a week trying to make it as a business. Yeah. Like if what if this were just like, you know, four hours a day, a hobby or something like that. Yeah. Or if I was independently wealthy, so it didn't matter if like I had forgotten somebody's drink several times in a row. <laughs> right. Right. Avery, do you think you would want to be like like a wealthy person's like personal barista? Oh, uh, I had an offer to do that. Once. You just work for two minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm your private barista. Or like house call doctor, but for barista. <laughs> you know what i was the barista for a while at um github because a friend of mine a very close friend of mine worked at github before it was acquired by microsoft and i would just show up in their kitchen like once a month and like a, i would have like to dress up and so i would have like a three-piece suit on and i would just be standing next to their espresso machine and like blurry engineers would walk into the kitchen and i would be like do you like a cappuccino and they'd be like who are, who are you i'm your barista <laughs> and make a cappuccino and they would thank me and then like five hours later someone would hand me money and i would leave <laughs> people would be like was that real did i dream that we have a barista sometimes yeah i think there's a chance i would have ignored you because i didn't think you were real <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't look at him he just wants attention <laughs> i i went to visit a company I, i'm not going to talk about what company it was because i'm about to trash talk them in a minor way and i like them <laughs> i went to do like to work for a week raytheon uh it wasn't raytheon i can say that much <laughs> uh at this office you know i was working on my project and i was like focusing on some code or whatever and this woman like the only woman at the company came up behind me and said, would you, would you like, a um, oh, I can't remember the name of the drink. It was a, it was a, it was an alcoholic drink. It was, it was the name <laughs> of an alcoholic drink. And I was like, uh, for like five seconds and then said, okay, sure. And she gave me the drink and I don't know how good it was. Cause I have no frame of reference, but like apparently part of this, the only woman at the company, part of her job was to like make cocktails for all the employees on Friday what? evening. Can you message us the name of this company? I just want to know. Yeah. It's like Mad Men, would it? I mean, <laughs> she in like a pencil skirt and everybody else is wearing like suits and stuff. And My lips are sealed. I will message you the name of the company though. Okay. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's like both disturbing wow. and amazing throwback. Was that her whole job? Or did no, it she like was also like, you know, I think she was generalized like HR secretary kind of a situation. She was like doing admin, but also bartending. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. They were like, listen, toots, we need a, I need a martini on the rocks. Like, wow. Maybe this is just something that she added to her job herself. 
where she was yeah. just oh, like, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Like maybe, she's just like, oh, I'll just make cocktails for everyone. <laughs> you're right. Maybe we're maybe I am taking agency away from her through imagining this thing. Yeah, maybe she's like, maybe she's like a really good, maybe she's like me. Like if yeah. I worked at a big tech company, I might make people coffee because I still like doing that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. She used to own a uh small uh cocktail bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she insisted. Um, most of the people don't even drink. <laughs> and then it closed because she was offering people, what was it? Pigeon milk that you were? Uh... <laughs> yes, that is one of the things that happened. Later, later, catfish milk, I think it was. Yeah, that is another thing that happened because I became an enthusiast for non-mammalian milk. <laughs> it is when I first found out about pigeon milk. I couldn't stop telling customers about it. <laughs> yeah get me my pigeon milk latte <laughs> i'm glad i'm the non-mammalian milk guy yeah it's a choice i made it's a good <laughs> it's a good guy everybody should have a non-mammalian milk guy i think if you're ever on uh, social media that should be your handle is non-mammalian milk guy. <laughs> are, we, are we ready for another topic yeah yes for this topic we're going to be doing this poem uh look what we found in the park in the dark by dr seuss I knew I I had read that read this before, but like I recently ran into it again, reading to Winston at bedtime. Mm -hmm. And this one really stuck with me. Look what we found in the park in the dark. We will take him home. We will call him Clark. He will live at our house. He will grow and grow. Will our mother like this? We don't know. I was legitimately afraid of uh, the creature Clark in this illustration as a oh, child. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's really scary. <laughs> wait let me let me yeah, see click, it go ahead and click on the image yeah i'm so like don't bring this into your the, house for the <laughs> listeners at home this is like a oh. like a bipedal walrus sort of in a in a jar the size of a walrus and it's got the cat in the hat's face but with tusks, but tusks. and yellowed eyes like very jaundiced eyes right and it's staring right at the viewer it it is it is completely unfazed by being in a jar yeah and it is it knows we're here. Yes, it does. <laughs> Odds are, too, if somebody left that in the park, like they're going to come back for it. Yeah, they're going to come looking. Yeah, yeah. When I volunteered at Just Frogs, Toads 2, mostly turtles, how we got most of our turtles is people thinking they could leave like red striped box turtles just in parks. And they were like, there's a pond here. This turtle can live. You're free now. And yeah. what what happens? Does the turtle just take over? The, like, I own this place now. <laughs> it would either swing one way or the other, where yeah. depending on the season, they'd be like, yeah, I'll make 50 turtles. Or they'll be <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just immediately start dying. So the, we would take in all of these red striped turtles and yeah, just tell people like, you can't leave your turtle outside. Would people find them and bring them to you? Or were you like on patrol? Because you just, you knew where people were leaving turtles. Mostly our boss was like Thayer would just find them or people would bring them to us. I, I love the idea that like every every turtle rescue just has someone who has a sixth sense about where to find <laughs> go to find turtles that have been abandoned. Every time you get a pet turtle, it comes with like a bat signal that the turtle can release if it's ever lost in the wild. And only and only this person can sense it. Yeah. It unfortunately yeah, only summons people who, who live in uh, wherever. Wherever Max grew up. Yeah. <laughs> what about rescuing frogs? Like, where it is, how does that, you, you described this and I had so many questions. Yeah, they, they'll <laughs> hop away. You can't get them. 
mostly that was people surrendering their frogs or like inheriting a frog and then being like, I don't know what to do with this frog. My dad left me this frog in the will. He left my brother the estate. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the, and the dad thought that he was giving you the good thing. Yeah. Because he loved the frog so much. Yeah. And then, but it turns out the frog gives golden tadpoles. Uh, <laughs> Which is how the, the frog rescue place is able to fund their their activities. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mostly, yeah, mostly people surrendering their frogs. Uh, not so much us going and finding displaced frogs. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Do you think the I, mother will like this? My mom related to this a lot because I was often bringing strange things home. <laughs> Did you give them names? Yeah. You're like, this is my rusty piece of steel that's eight feet long. <laughs> it will grow and grow yeah <laughs> i lived in an apartment we could not i could not bring i think i found a runaway dog once which was very exciting for me but we had to like take it to a place because the, we couldn't have we couldn't have large animals in the apartment right mm. yeah so i ended up having only pet birds which are also not good for apartments because they're loud and your neighbors get angry i i apologize if this is uh has ever been like a point of bullying or you're tired of it but the fact that you had birds and that your name is avery has that been uh, uh a friend of mine <laughs> once sent me just like a whole bunch of clips of signs where aviary has been misspelled as avery <laughs> and, and there's like there's one that was it was a bar in like england and it said uh come around back to our avery and there was a budgie like on the y and my friend was like i, I just like to think that like now i now i associate you with small birds <laughs> that's nice that's sweet you could advertise oh if you ever reopen your coffee shop you could have like come see our avery and you're just there <laughs> yeah <laughs> hi it's me yeah yeah that's not how you spell no the thing you're expecting is an aviary yeah sorry sorry to disappoint you <laughs> That's like, I worked at a coffee shop. I think it's gone. So I think I could say its name. I managed a kitchen at the pl this place called the Creamery in San Francisco. That was not an ice cream place. It had in fact been, there had been a creamery in that building for like a hundred years. And then this place took over and was like, remember how there used to be a creamery here? And um, people would come in every day and order ice cream. And then I would be like, nope. And they'd be like, but that's the that's your name. And I'd be like, I know what our name is. We don't have they ice wouldn't I even can't ask that. if you had ice cream. They would just confidently <laughs> no. order it. Well, yeah, yeah, because that's the name of the place. They'd be like Rocky Road, and I would be like, nope. this, "It's really common for companies to name themselves after the thing that used to be in the place that the company now is." <laughs> like, but <laughs> yeah, like that Toy Store Indian burial ground. Yeah, <laughs> yes. My hometown has the opposite thing a lot. There's a lot of businesses that have moved on and become a new business, but because a large majority of my town is retirees. Uh, they are very angry if anything changes. So a lot of businesses have to like keep artifacts of the prior business to keep everyone happy, uh, such as like we had a local grocery store, but it closed and then an Ace Hardware opened there. But the Ace Hardware continues to have a deli and a small grocery store uh, <laughs> to appease the population. <laughs> That's fascinating. And like I worked at this, I was a cheesemonger at a cheese place. And now there's a wine bar there, but they still serve our signature sandwich because it's in the same location. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's amazing. It's a good idea. 
I was born in San Francisco, but I grew up in San Jose, which is not at all a small town. It's like the 10th largest city in the country, but they still do crap like that. Like when I, the near the, my apartment complex, there used to be a place called Space Bowl or Future Bowl or something like that in the seventies. And then it was torn down, but they left this like, like 1950s Jetsons style sign up, you know, with like a starbursts and like ovals and things. Googie architecture is what it's called. And then the Safeway moved in and they kept the sign. And so there's like this 1950s futurist sign with a bowling pin on top of it that said Safeway. <laughs> and it was there <laughs> until 2005 when it got taken down, but they replaced it with a sign that has the same form factor. <laughs> and <laughs> there's even like the same shape at the top where there, where there was once an actual bowling pin. Fascinating <laughs> to me that at some point, no one will remember why the sign is shaped like that. <laughs> I, I want to go into the DNA lounge and ask them to sequence something. Yeah. <laughs> if you insist hard enough, they just have to do it. That's what yeah. No, listen up. I, I'm not leaving until you sequence this cup of spit. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what animal it's from. You're going to have to sequence it and find out for yourself. Like the, all they need to do is like go in the back and like print out a bunch of letters and I'll be like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> They probably they probably have this happen at least once a year. They probably prepared. Yeah, we we preprint those. Here's a sheet <laughs> full of AGTC, CGT. Like you'd expect the DNA lounge to lean more into the whole DNA thing. They don't really. There's not like a like a double helix uh, spiral staircase or anything in at the DNA lounge. DNA so actually I... stands for uh, does not actually sequence DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but what does the uh, DNA in the name DNA stand for? The same thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Oh. Can I worm in this joke that yeah, I've go, been go, enjoying? Go, all right, go for it. So I saw, uh, I don't know if it was a mistake or an intentional joke, but in the midst of something as an example in a post on co-host, someone mentioned their grandma giving them a world's best grandma mug. Or like, sorry, it was that they were giving an example of a adventure game description and they were like interacting with this world's best grandma mug. And it was like, my grandma gave me this. And I love <laughs> that idea so much because I liked it like uh, military challenge coins where like if you meet a, like a high ranking general, you'll get a coin from him. And then you can like brag that you're like, I have this high ranking coin. Oh, I'm not familiar with this with this tradition. Oh yeah. Challenge coins is very strange where like, you will present a coin and uh, if you're at a bar and it's like a military bar and then if no one has a more impressive coin than you of like either having fought in something or met someone very impressive or worked with someone very impressive, then you, you they, like they buy you a drink. I should give these out as a twin beard challenge coins. You yeah. totally should. I've looked at um, getting them made and it's not too much. You should do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big honor to get a challenge coin from someone too, from like a from like a military person or I think yeah. the president has challenge coins. Oh, is, is somebody gonna accuse me of stolen valor? Because <laughs> I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like the idea of a grandma who's like, I'm the world's greatest grandma, and I'll give you the honor of like yes. congrats. You've met the world's greatest grandma. <laughs> it's not even your own grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's this mug that proves it. Now I'm doing yeah. that instead of twin beard coins. Oh, 
twin beard mugs world's greatest dad coins yeah. <laughs> also i i like the idea of like giving like for my dad's next birthday i'll give him world's greatest son mug like, yeah. just to remind you that you have the world's greatest yeah. son <laughs> please do that <laughs> it's really good i'll join this uh change ringing club and you will give your dad the world's greatest son all right all right we've got our marching orders <laughs> this movement this topic lord's movement is growing yeah okay so you can get okay i got excited for a second i saw you could order 100 of them for three dollars and 39 cents but that's three dollars and 39 cents each yeah much are less they made of metal yeah oh yeah yeah wow they're fancy you can get them also in aluminum uh and then one time i found on a bench it was like a evangelizing christian like seek god coin but it was a very satisfying like thick aluminum coin and i tried to call them to ask how who they're like who made their coins right they got really mad at me (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you heard the news good first you have to ask about tell me about god and then you just slip in at the end, like, okay, what? Okay, also, what about these coins? <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Jesus, yeah, I got it. I got it. Anyway, how, how, where do you get your coins made? <laughs> where has God blessed you with these coins? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, do I have to join your cult or something? Or can I just, can I get these made for myself? Oh, yeah. Only, they only make the coins, for, like the, the, the cult owns the manufacturing plant and they only make the coins for other cult members. Mm, yeah max if this is something that you want where can people find you on the internet uh they can email me at m-a-x-x dot infinity at gmail.com or they can find me in the topic lords discord but i'm bad about checking things so if you want to address me directly like at at me at me at me uh and avery if this is something that you want where can people find you on the internet uh just go look for my goddamn album it's not on spotify it's not on spotify yet yet. no they still don't like your cover art yeah and i could just have a different cover i could just have no cover art at all can i make you a new cover art can i yes i I really want to help this happen (laughs) (laughs) wow i'm so glad so many people are invested in this Yeah, yeah. I was just like reminded of it because I'm doing this um, retreat for coders. Like it's like a writing retreat, but it's for programming. And apparently somebody there listened to and likes my album, but did not tell me, told told Stevie, who then told me. (laughs) Oh, it's like when someone isn't willing to tell you that they like you, they have to tell your friend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Just reminded me again that I could have that experience but potentially more of it if it was on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. You should, I'm serious though. You should, Um, I'm not like a main visual artist, so don't expect like groundbreaking stuff, but. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's okay. The The cover art is just the lyrics for the song in like a font that I liked. <laughs> I don't understand why it keeps getting rejected. It's like, it's seven songs and it's all, the font is all squished together into one thing. And then I highlighted some words to make a poem it's very unoffensive. There's no, there's nothing that should be, that should keep it getting rejected. Spotify hates poetry. That's, that's true. I'm going to make it look like this rug for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that I might mean, actually like since the wasn't the problem there was too much text that might actually still be a, <laughs> rejected. <laughs> uh, I just I have just the greatest image of a just like that being paired with a with an album of sad folk music about a breakup and then b the person that I wrote that album for someday seeing it on Spotify <laughs> being like <laughs> fuck what is this cover art. <laughs> thanks so much for being on topic lords thanks for having me thanks for having us hi this is jim this is the audio i append to every episode of topic lords congratulations to our newly anointed lords this episode was edited by esper quinn who can also edit your episode if you contact them on twitter if you'd like more people to hear the show you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use you can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.